0: up it is the air it out podcast brought to you by inside the hashes inside the find us on all your social media say what up send a retweet send a like all that good stuff follow us because we go in places what's up it is kevin cracker christopher thomas avery collins and tyler brando say something in that microphone because i'm not having this conversation with you anymore say hello give us something hello give us something there we go nice. all right tyler is officially <laughs> in the mix so don't be afraid to dive in there man tyler is the one that kind of keeps our level heads together although he's the reason why we were so late getting started today <laughs> constantly messing around over there with his oh, Barack man. Obama impressions and all this Jamie Foxx talk and all that <laughs> nonsense but uh, we are off and rolling with another podcast the good news is the NFL preseason is off and rolling and we are really going to get deep into it this weekend as uh, Thursday night games are really going to start to kick off all the way throughout the weekend uh, training camp is going on uh, while we're talking about that Chris I got to go ahead and start with you hanging out at the Eagles training camp how was that dude
1: Oh, um, it was a wonderful experience. I'm um, just being in. Stop giving me this. You hear this know, right here? Right? Giving me this like <laughs> PR answer. The, the tell, the me, tell me what answer. was dope. What happened, Did man? Did you walk
0: by somebody and think like, yo, I could"? I, I think if we got in a fight, I could take him. Or were you walking by and just like, yo, he's much there, bigger smash
2: than I people out there falling over the bleachers? Listen,
1: like, I, I was just trying my hardest not to the fanboy. Then I just met Jason Ivana. I'm just like, oh, my God, I love your hands. Like, whoa. I, yeah, not in that All thing. right, I asked I, I, hey, you. Hey, right, you asked we, for that. We got, hey, we got hey, no key. Take hey. two.
0: What's up, everybody? It's, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're going to move on and not ask Chris any more questions for the rest of the day. Um, but I'm sure he will hear all about that when we're talking trash at the selection show. On August 19th, we have got a big fantasy draft that is coming up, big fantasy football season. You can see all these guys get waxed. We're going to have the draft on mm. September 2nd as well. We're going to do all that stuff on all of our social media, so please make sure that you are following along because there will be trash talking and there will be problems and there may not be a podcast by the end of it. because somebody going to get hurt in a feeling parts. Uh, but we are in the preseason. We're looking at it. We are rolling right along. Uh, so I guess right now is when teams are kind of starting to see, you've seen a little bit of movement. You've seen uh, like Rashad Breeland has been called into new England to uh, have some conversations. I like that guy. The Tennessee brought in a ton of safeties last week, talking to people. So, Teams are starting to find out what players they have, what players they don't. Corey Coleman got dealt for a seventh round pick to Buffalo uh, within the last week. Avery feels a certain kind of way about that. One of the major things that everybody's going to be talking about right now is there's a lot of young quarterbacks in the league. There's a lot of quarterbacks that are kind of, eh, you don't know what you're going to get. So we take a look at the backup quarterback situation, and obviously we saw as a result of last year's Super Bowl, it's important to have a backup quarterback in your system. Nick Foles obviously took the Eagles the rest of the way. Uh, Carson Wentz at the table, and I think Nick Foles got dessert. I pretty much think is the way that we can look at it like that. Um, So as we approach the NFL season, I find it interesting going through rosters and looking at these backup quarterbacks because obviously you never know what's going to happen. I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers got hurt last year, and that team – Brett Hundley would win a game, and then he'd lose a game, and then he'd struggle against Cleveland, but they'd win and just kind of hang around, and you just need that guy that could be available for you to carry your team if your quarterback gets hurt. So I ask you guys, who... If an Aaron Rodgers injury happens, if a Ben Roethlisberger injury happens, you know, I don't think the Packers are going to want to turn to Brett Hundley again. I, I think he's nice for a game or two, but certainly not for any sort of long stretch of time. Uh, ben Roethlisberger gets hurt. Is Landry Jones really the guy that you think is going to help t- carry that team? Uh, Josh Dobbs or uh, who do they, Mason Rudolph? Like are, Like, are they going to go down that road if they've got to take any sort of long stretch of time? So I'm going to ask you guys who you think the best – we'll say available backup quarterback could be. And I say that with the obvious answer probably being Nick Foles. However, there is a good chance if you're going to get Nick Foles, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to ask you for a heist. And I think that there's other quarterbacks out there that could be available that Mm -hmm. could make you go, all right, this guy could surprise us. So, Avery, I'm going to go ahead and start with you and ask you if all of a sudden your franchise guy goes down and you have to make a move, Who is the quarterback you're looking at? And also, in fairness, in a a fair trade, what do you think the offer would be to bring
2: him into your team? Go ahead. All right. So there's two names that stick out to me immediately, other than Nick Foles, obviously you said. Um, First is Matt Schaub, still a backup for the Atlanta Falcons. The reason I, I think of him is because he's a proven quarterback in this league. I don't think he's elite by any stretch but is, is he a quarterback that can win you some games or maybe not win you some games but not lose you some games for sure um i think he's somebody who's he won't crack under pressure he's not somebody who you know is too high or too low he's just he's a steady stable quarterback who can get the job done for your team um and then the second one is jacoby Brissett, um back for for the colts i think he played very well last year i mean i don't think he gets enough credit for how he played in the situation that he was in, because um, he was, you know, he was, he was thrown into the water there. He went into the system thinking that, you know, this year I'm going to be the backup quarterback for for Andrew Luck, and then he got thrown into, you know, the water as a starter. So, um, and, he, and he, like I said, he, he, in my opinion, he outperformed what I expected from him. Um, so I think those two quarterbacks, I think, can be. Um, you know, solid for for any team that's kind of, you know, like I said, if if, if an Aaron Rodgers or a Ben Roethlisberger or a Drew Brees or somebody that goes down, um, and I think the asking price for either of those guys, like you, you kind of you kind of reference Corey Coleman getting dealt for a seventh round pick, right? And to me, I think he he was worth more than that. That's just my personal opinion. So I would say, for a quarterback, you would especially a quarterback you're bringing in to replace your starter because they went down, you you kind of have to be willing to give up a little bit more than that. So I would say maybe a fifth um, for, for Matt Schaub only because he's older. Um, and then for Jacoby, because he's a young quarterback and he's played pretty well, I would say like a fourth. Chris, what do you feeling? Okay,
1: I understand the perspective on Jacoby Brissett because when you look at the Colts team and how it's constructed, it's literally just built on Andrew Luck, that terrible offensive line. The lack of running game, the lack of, like, outside weapons, outside of, like, T.Y. Hilton. So I can see he'd be – considering the circumstances that he was in last year, he did good. But I'm sorry, you kind of went off the rails with me with the matchup because we forgot the reason why he lost his starting job to begin with in Houston was because he literally went five or six straight weeks throwing game-ending pick sixes. But uh, for my answer – it's a quarterback that plays for the Jets. It's Teddy Bridgewater. He he's a, he's a proven starter in this league. Before he got hurt, the Vikings won the NFC North and they were literally just a field goal a miss a chip shot away from beating the Seattle Seahawks that year. He doesn't turn the ball over and more importantly, he's a proven starting caliber quarterback on a playoff team. And you have to think that with like a year and a half removed from that knee injury, you got to think he's completely healthy. And when you look at the Jets quarterback situation, they're probably ready to throw Sam Darnold right into the fire. So I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater is going to fit really into their plans.
2: No, you, you said
1: I missed the mark
2: essentially with, with Matt Shaw, but we forget. It's funny because we, we do this to a lot of players. It's kind of like, what have you done for me lately type thing? Or what is my most recent impression of who, what you are? You're talking about the last, you know, you said five or six games where he was throwing pick sixes. But what happened prior to that? He was a Pro Bowl quarterback. He really changed the 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 way the Houston Texans were viewed at that time. Like they were still viewed as eh, of the league, and he went to that team and not only got them, you know, some more notoriety, but he he won games for them. I'm not saying again that I think he's going to be a starter. I don't think he's going to come in and, and be a Nick Foles and bring your team to a Super Bowl, I think he can be a team, a, a, a player that can win you games. And the reason I say that, and I, the reason I, I kind of put the the interceptions in, to the back of my mind is simply because, like I said, one, he's, he's proven that he can win games. And two, there's no pressure on him to do what Nick Foles did, in my opinion. Like, what Nick Foles did is kind of like, that's like the exception to the rule. You know what I mean? Like, Matt Schaub, he doesn't have the pressure, in my opinion. He wouldn't have the pressure to be like, all right, we need you to go out here and win this game for us. You know what I mean? And, and then think about the team that he had in, in, in Houston at the time. Were they built for him not to throw picks? Like, what weapons did he have? He had other, Andre than, other than Andre Johnson. And that's the thing. You're going, you know he's going to throw the ball to Andre Johnson. Every team knows that because who was is, who is their other receiver?
0: Well, in fairness, you could say that about any team. You could line up against any team and think, okay, I'm playing the Giants. They're probably going to throw it to Odell. You know, obviously, guys like Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard have emerged, but you had different players. And you, I mean, Arian Foster, but the quarterback was the guy touches okay. in, in Houston all okay, those years but with Matt Schaub. The
1: difference with Matt Schaub is that he was trending upwards. And then after that spiral, like, we, he's, that layoff's been like six years. The difference between him and Teddy Bridgewater is that Teddy Bridgewater Now, was that just, we agree. Yeah, that. He was just on a playoff team just about two years ago before that knee injury, and they had to trade for Sam Bradford. They got Case Keenum. They just had to, like, band-aid it so like to compensate for that. I I I agree with you. Yeah, so I I think if Teddy Bridgewater was in a position where if the Packers were last year, they need somebody for, like, five or six starts for Aaron Rodgers to get back healthy, Teddy Bridgewater, to me, is the best available quarterback at probably, like, a fifth-round pick to band-aid that until he's able to get back.
0: I think, I think I'm going to agree with Chris on the, on the Matt Schaub thing. If I have to win a game, if it's, if it's game, you know, obviously you can't make a trade at a certain point of the season, but if it's game 17 and all of, a sudden, all of a sudden Matt Ryan is out for that game and Matt Schaub has to win it for me, okay, I like rolling those dice. I'll, I'll take that shot. You know, it's kind of a puncher's chance. I think we all could agree that if there was one guy we'd love to see have success in the NFL, it's Teddy Bridgewater. For sure. Uh, to have. Or Kaepernick. Also a fair assessment, but you think about like a, a Ryan Tannehill or you think about Teddy Bridgewater guys that just in training camp have had young blossoming careers Tannehill. taken out for from, from underneath of them. Um, you know, you'd love I'd love for the Dolphins to be a story this year with Ryan Tannehill. Unfortunately, there's a lot of pressure on Adam Gase. So you don't know what the situation is down there. They've got a lot of players down there that, you know, are <laughs> they're in a division that someone just compete with the Patriots in that division. Somebody. <laughs> constantly give a fight with the Patriots in that division. Um, But I think we could all agree that if all of a sudden Teddy Bridgewater, you know, I think we want to see Sam Darnold have success or, you know, Luke McCown would be a great story because he's 37 years old. He's been a journeyman. If all of a sudden he got the Jets moving along with that team, fine. But uh, I think we all could agree if Teddy Bridgewater had the opportunity to go to, I mean, we we keep coming back to this Green Bay example, uh, had the opportunity to go to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers missed 10 games that season and he came in and went seven and three and comeback player of the year. Uh,
2: I I think that would be an incredible story for the NFL. Let me ask you this. Do you think Teddy Bridgewater would be a better fit for the Packers than somebody like a Brett Hundley? Somebody who's already been in the system, who's already played for the team. Do you think bringing in somebody who doesn't know the system – granted, I know he was a starting quarterback and everything, but do you think bringing somebody in – like well, I think
0: the one thing that was different between what Teddy Bridgewater could bring to the table and what Brett Hundley would bring to the table was simply consistency. I mean, Brett. it got to a point where Teddy Bridgewater wasn't blowing up the stat sheet or turning up right. the scoreboard, but was doing more than enough to help you win and certainly wasn't helping you. Tyrod Taylor-esque. I think, he's, I think he's a step above Tyrod Taylor because he brought a little more dynamic things to the game. I'll agree to that. But certainly, Brett Hundley would give you these flashes and all of a sudden would break the pocket and he'd scramble for 12, but then he'd fumble. Or he'd get <laughs> you 40 yards down the field. He'd get you to the 30-yard line. It's third and three, and a ball would get picked. Like mm. So I, I think, I think Teddy has done it we've seen Teddy be consistent and take a team to the playoffs. And to your point, had Seattle at home on the ropes and literally had a game basically taken away from him. And then you go into the next training camp. And unfortunately the circumstances were what the circumstances were, you know, it's funny when we were starting this conversation, I took a look at all the backup quarterbacks uh, in the NFL and there's a lot, you know, the Ryan Fitzpatrick's and those guys that you're going to see that that certainly for a game or two, or you look at what Tampa Bay is going through right now, where Ryan's going to have to start those first three games. Fortunately, Tampa Bay, I don't think had or I, I shouldn't say fortunately for Tampa Bay. I, I don't think too many people had high expectations for Tampa Bay to begin with, given the, the other three teams in that division. But if Ryan Fitzpatrick were to win two of those games or all three of those games, I don't think anybody would be like, whoa, who is this? Ryan Fitzpatrick's the guy who's done it in the league for a long time. But I looked at the quarterbacks in the league and kind of figured which way this was going to go. So we all agree on Foles. Uh, Jacoby Brissett You had brought up Credit to that guy Because he Got a start in New England Probably when he shouldn't have Garoppolo goes down He goes in He wins that Primetime game Mm -hmm. To to keep the the, the Patriots Kind of moving in the right direction Gets traded to the Colts I I think kind of a surprise To everybody Last year Goes in there to a team that really I, – I, the Colts and the Jets last year going into the season, I, I think everybody thought, like, which one of you are <laughs> going to get out of your own way first right. and actually win a game, and went there and had success on a team that was, man, just unenjoyable to watch. Seriously. Like, I mean, just a wallpaper of a football team last year. However, Jacoby Brissett was a guy that showed that he could win games <laughs> with not a whole lot in front of him. Uh, we discussed Bridgewater. The other one for me, and, and I've always kind of gotten a um, – I guess it would be a Jeff Garcia kind of vibe out of him is Brian Hoyer. Mm-hmm. Now it would be very difficult probably to get him. Although the Patriots have been known to wheel and deal. So whatever they might have a, a third quarterback underneath them right now that they feel like could be a backup to Tom Brady. But Brian Hoyer always kind of gave me another one of those guys in kind of that Matt Schaub vein where he could win you three games in a row by having incredible numbers. But then Chris, to your point, Three games in a row, throws that pick six at the end of the game that gets taken back. But uh, I think if the if I'm a team that's sitting there, it, you know, we, we've kind of talked about these divisions a little bit as we've gone through. If I'm in the AFC West or I'm in the AFC South, two of the divisions we've talked about as being the most wide open divisions that are out there. And Brian Hoyer's available and I'm Tennessee and Marcus Mariota gets hurt. Mm. Or I mm. am uh, Phillip Rivers and I get hurt with the Chargers. All of a sudden, I'm thinking maybe if I could get this guy in here. If I told you that Brian Hoyer could win you four out of six games, I don't think you'd disagree with that. So maybe he's the guy for me. You're not a believer in Geno Smith, anyway. Brian Hoyer <laughs> could win you four out of six games. So I, I guess my point is, oh, if it, looking at it, looking at a backup quarterback going and get one as a role, I mean the Eagles basically got some people would say fleeced the the, the Minnesota Vikings in trading Sam Bradford, who had success in Minnesota nonetheless, but they got that first round pick. They got Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett recovers the fumble in the Super Bowl. That ultimately is what decides the game. Um, So the asking price would be high for a lot of these other guys. I think particularly high for Brissette, Foles, or Bridgewater, because they're on the better half of their careers right now. But if, if, if I'm sitting at the trade deadline and I'm, and I'm sitting as a team that's kicking the tires, especially in the AFC, I mean, we, we've talked about those divisions again. I brought up the West and the South because, as we've discussed, they kind of seem like the push divisions. If you're in the East, you're probably not going to get the Patriots to trade you their backup quarterback for you to have success. But who's competing with the Patriots? Somebody in that, you know, the Bills kind of moonwalked into the, playoffs last year and then just did nothing when they went into Jacksonville. Uh, And then you look at the North and if you're a team like Pittsburgh and Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt and you're trying to hold off Baltimore or somebody can make some noise in that division, you know, all of a sudden Brian Hoyer might be a guy that can help keep you stay afloat. Um, I just want to ask you this. I went through the list of all the backup quarterbacks. Do either of you know who the backup quarterback is to Cam Newton? It was Mr. Anderson, but he's Mr. Anderson. (laughs) Um,
2: Oh, I just saw this actually. I want
0: you to think about if it was Week Seventeen, and I can I, I don't know if Carolina and Atlanta play play each other Week Seventeen. Typically, it's a divisional matchup, uh, but if they were, could you imagine if it was Matt Schaub versus—you guessed it—Garrett Gilbert? Whoa! Who? <laughs> what about what about Taylor Hinkey? That's the one I saw. Cool. Yeah, you saw, but they, yeah. could, they could walk don't past you. Is, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd rather have Jeff Garcia than either you know, one of those guys. <laughs> Jeff Garcia has been out of the league forever. So, uh, you know, we're talking preseason. It's fun to look ahead. Obviously, you don't want to look at injuries. You don't want to look at anything like that. You hope that all of the best players. I think one of the things that, you know, obviously, as, as an Eagles fan, I wouldn't want to change the way things happened last year because they, they won the Super Bowl. But a lot of things, a lot of the NFL landscape changed last year because of a ton of injuries to really important players. And I think that took away some of the oomph, especially in the middle of the season when teams, it seemed like, really started to separate themselves. There wasn't that middle of the pack, punching each other, trying to figure things out in a For division. Sure. Um, so hopefully you guys can stay upright this year. And this doesn't even have to be a conversation, but uh, we mentioned the preseason is kicking off this week, a full slate of games, a lot of good ones out there. I think a lot of rookie quarterbacks people want to see. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead. Well, rookies in general, I should say, quarterbacks typically get the love though. So Chris, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Take a look at that preseason schedule. with we'll the get ready uh, to kick off this weekend. A ton of games, Thursday night, Friday, Saturday. Uh, what game, uh, if you're clicking through the channels and you know whats was on, you're going to stop and take a look at
1: I'm gonna be interested in the colts Seahawks game because this is gonna be the first time in eighteen months that Andrew Luck is throwing in the in the NFL game. And I just wanted to see how he's able to be able to read and react throws. How how much arm strength does he have with coming back from that injury? And more importantly, looking at that offensive line now with Quentin Nelson to see how much time he has thrown that football.
2: Avery, what do you got? Um I'm going to go with kind of a similar uh, sentiment as far as like seeing a quarterback coming back from injury. And that would be the Texans chiefs. Uh, I kind of want to see if, if Deshaun one, I want to see if he, if if they play him. Um, And if they do, I I kind of want to see how he does. You know, the chiefs defense isn't, they're they're not slouchers. Hopefully it's not a situation like the hall of fame game where it's just, it's all backups the entire game, but hopefully we get a chance to see those guys. Another one is, I believe it's Saturday. Is the Vikings Broncos? Like, I come to mm-hmm. see how that one goes. Kirk Cousins and Case, uh, Keenum. Uh, Case Keenum. You know that kind of was, I, to me that feels like a little bit of a, a possible rivalry kind of thing uh, because one was dealt for the other. So. Sure, absolutely.
0: Um, I, I look at this. I think the Jets might be the most interesting team in the preseason to watch because, as we've discussed, they've got some. Uh, assets at different positions, particularly the quarterback position. I could see any of those three guys For sure. starting at quarterback. Uh, word is that Sam Darnold in their green and white scrimmage this weekend tore it up. Uh, but it seems like every day you're kind of hearing one's had a day forward, one's taken a step back. Uh, so all three of these guys, you know, typically we're talking about, you know, obviously Andrew Luck getting that first start. I think is big because you know he's probably as good as Andrew Luck is, probably feeling a little bit and just wants to get out there get rid of those jitters, but typically especially in the first preseason game and obviously the fourth you're not going to see a whole lot of the starters and you're not you're going to get some very vanilla stuff going on out there but reality is there's not just two guys going for a starting spot but three in new york and any one of those guys can take a step forward and take that job so it'll be really interesting to see how that all shakes out but Isn't it just nice that football's back? Yeah. Yeah. Like, real talk. Like, even the Hall of Fame game, and we touched on it last week a little bit, that, like, I mean, when when the first quarterback you see is Chase Daniel, like, you're not like, oh, my God, you know, (laughs) crazy. Um, But, you know, it's good to get back out there. It's good to be excited about teams. It's good to know that I'm looking around the NFL. You know, it's kind of difficult when there's just that one game on, and that that game very quickly was just kind of like, oh, okay. Uh, But when you have an an assortment of games that you can check out, you know, Mm Uh, as they're going to highlights of different games and showing you, oh, Case Keenum just put one up in Denver and stuff like that. That's when it's going to get exciting to uh, keep checking that stuff out. But uh, preseason has not come without some drama so far uh, around the NFL. It'll be very interesting to see. There's been a lot of talk between uh, Jarvis Landry and his old LSU teammate Odell Beckham talking about Cleveland as they play each other this weekend. So that could be a very interesting matchup if those two end up being very emotional with each other before or after the game at the 50-yard line. Speaking of Jarvis
2: Landry, did anybody catch the Browns, the the Hard knocks episode yesterday i haven't I'm, oh I'm, I'm waiting to watch it you gotta watch it. it he okay. was snap it it was great i loved it okay, I was like, if, if that's how he's coming this year watch out i love <laughs> hard knocks too man like that's oh, yeah.
0: like i'll go back when the season's over and they're playing like hard knocks like oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. 2013 i'm like okay oh i remember this yep. dude i remember the guy all that stuff. So I am very excited that that's back. So uh, amongst the other drama that happened in the NFL this week, I'm sure you guys are familiar with the uh, situation that Calvin Benjamin put himself in uh, saying uh, in an interview with the athletic, it was a bad fit from the get-go talking about his time with Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. If you would have put me with any other quarterback, let's be real. You know what I'm saying? Any other accurate quarterback like Rogers or Eli Manning or Big Ben, anybody, quarterbacks with knowledge that know how to place the ball and give you a better chance to catch the ball, it just felt like I wasn't in that position. So I am going to go ahead and turn to you, fellas, and ask you. Kelvin Benjamin has shown flashes of being a very good wide receiver. Chris looks like he's about to go (laughs) off right now. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and turn to you, fellas. And, Chris, I'm going to start with you because you're frozen like a statue. Uh, What do you think of Kelvin Benjamin's comments, and do you think there's any validity to what he's saying? Eli Manning?
1: Yeah, I think we can all agree. Like when
0: he was talking, he probably just started spinning his wheels. And yeah, (laughs) because if you're talking about accurate quarterbacks, uh, yeah,
1: that's that's kind of the whole premise. Well, you got to see Tyler's there has to. Well, I think Kelvin Benjamin's a little ridiculous in his statements, however, it does kind of hold some validity. The reason why they keep drafting like six foot five wide receivers like himself, why they kept Greg, Ol- why they were so adamant about getting Greg Olson back from injury and Devin Functions is because when Cam Newton puts it up in the air, he puts it up high. So he loves those 50-50 wide receivers. However, Kevin Benjamin, he had an opportunity last year, especially like after the trade deadline when he got to Buffalo with Tyrod Taylor, a lot more accurate quarterback per se, and it he didn't really do much of anything. And now he's, still in, now he's still in Buffalo with Nathan Peterman, Josh Allen, and A.J. McCarron. So, in other words, you, I better see a 1,000-yard eight touchdown season from him because otherwise you just pretty much just put your foot in your mouth. I would say I agree with all of those things.
2: It annoys me when I hear this from somebody like Kevin Benjamin who shows up to camp weighing the same amount as, a, as the starting tight end. Or a, a, like a like an offensive lineman, like it's not even like you're not know, granted I, he was coming off an injury that year, but still that is just ridiculous. And then you think about what Cam did without him. He went to a Super Bowl, and he was the NFL MVP without you, Kelvin Benjamin. So to for you to say that you essentially would have been better with. Uh, um a more accurate quarterback to me it's just like wait but he was putting up I mean he was throwing five touchdowns a game to people who uh quote unquote aren't the the caliber of receiver that you are so that annoys me there and then playing the position as or like as when I played receiver I couldn't stand that as well because in my opinion you have to bail your quarterback out That's just how I always always looked at it. If you put it around me, one of two things is going to happen. Either I'm catching it or nobody is. It's that simple Okay, but
0: but, Okay, so I'll play devil's advocate because, you know, we were talking about Eli Manning. Eli Manning and Cam Newton's uh, passing accuracy historically is very close. So, you know, we sat here and basically laughed at Eli Manning, who, of course, we're laughing at a two-time Super Bowl MVP. So who are we? But you're talking about a guy who historically – is not accurate, and you're talking about how you want to bail your quarterback out. But I can tell you, having played the position and played football for a long time, like there's nothing more frustrating than feeling like you are open and not getting the ball put there, or it, with that, feeling like you don't have a quarterback that's going to give you the opportunity to win a 50
2: 50 ball. And I agree there. When I, when I say I, I, don't, I don't like it, is the, the throwing under the bus. Like you go to the quarterback and say that. You don't come out and tell the world like you don't that that's what annoys me. It's kinda like you're showing up that guy and it's like at the end of this, it's like all right, what did you do though? Like you just like he just said, like you had the chance in Buffalo to kinda essentially back up what you what you just stated and you didn't. I mean, you it's not even it's not like you, I mean you went to a change of scenery and granted, like Tyrod essentially isn't the most accurate quarterback, but he's more accurate than Cam and you still didn't put up these astronomical numbers. So what are we talking about here? So my, my my whole issue with that is just like the throwing under of the bus on Cam, especially when like I said he won he won the NFL MVP, got to a Super Bowl without you. Yeah,
1: I'm just listen. I'm and all, Devin has put up numbers. Listen, all I'm saying is I'm all for like players like holding like other teammates accountable, but I think more importantly, it should be a private matter, and also you should have that same energy when you're on the team with him right i think the fact that he's now calling him out now at a completely different (laughs) location i think i think it's a crumb move yeah i think more importantly now i think it's kind of funny that he says that and like buffalo makes a trade to get Corey coleman i think that really speaks volumes of like maybe you're not as good as you think you are even if you have a lot even if you have a better caliber quarterback like a rogers or a brady
0: so they play each other this weekend Carolina, and Buffalo. I wish Kelvin
1: played defense. I really do.
0: If So let me put you in Cam Newton's really fancy outfit. They should
2: let like Cam play safety.
0: Let me put <laughs> – yeah, he'd probably be a pretty nasty safety too. Uh, let me put you in Cam Newton's uh, fancy suit and hat with a feather for a second. Uh, end the, of the game happens. With the glasses. End of the game happens. Mm-hmm. You and Kelvin Benjamin are walking across the 50. He kind of catches your eye, wants to give you the chance to talk to him. Are you
2: just walking right to the locker room? I want to say that Cam has matured enough to talk to him.
0: Well, that's the thing that I was going to say. Is we all know that Cam historically has not always been the most mature quarterback. Well, he took
2: the high road in this situation so far. Thus far, which is why, like I said, I want to say he's matured enough to be like, all right, you know, let's let's talk about this. Whatever, what's up, you know. But but well, you could talk just just
0: real quick before you do that. <laughs> real quick. You could totally see Cam towel around the neck, chewing that winter fresh, and Kelvin Benjamin walking up, and Cam just putting a bubble right in his, just spitting that winter fresh <laughs> right in between his <laughs> eyes. Right? That's the thing. That's the thing. Like, yeah. we, we know we, Cam to this point has taken the high road. Yeah. But if you don't believe those cameras are going to be out at the 50 yard line when that game ends to see what those guys are doing. It's gonna be high octane drama right there.
2: I think I think it's a I think I I'm I'm going to put my faith in Cam to say he's more mature, um, and I think if anything, it might be a situation where it's kind of like one of those across the field type of things, because I think he under, he's starting, like I said, I think he's maturing. I think he's starting to understand he's the face of the Carolina Panthers. He's the face of a franchise. He's the quarterback. They've invested a lot in him. He, I mean, and he has to essentially change his image. From the, the – I mean, I me personally, I love that Cam is just raw. But at the same time, I think he understands, like, all right, yeah, I got to kind of – you know, I got to pull back on some certain things. And I think it might be a situation where he in his head might be like, well, we'll handle this outside of football. Maybe I'll shoot a text or respond to a text if you decide to reach out. but
1: Cam has really been under that microscope ever since that Super Bowl loss, but more in particular the fact that he just didn't dive on the ball during that Super Bowl that – essentially lost him in the game, even though it was a fourth down. So I think in that fashion, he's been under that microscope. So to me, these athletes are all about worrying about the perception. So like when your perception is bad, then that means it's not good for your brand. Mm -hmm. So I think Cam over the past few years, I think he's done a better job of staying out of that negative limelight. And like like Avery said, I think he's matured a little bit more. So I don't think he's going to go the petty route.
0: Well, the good news is if anything does go down, Cam knows that he's got Garrett Gilbert and Taylor Hankey to have his back out there in case <laughs> things go down.
1: It is a good air- old five, five foot eight Christian McCaffrey. There you go. <laughs> uh,
0: who everybody wants in their corner. <laughs> air it out podcast. That wraps it up. Uh, brought to you by Inside the Hashes, insidethehashes.com. Uh, find us on all your social media. Like us, follow us. Uh, Give us a Twitter high-five. I don't know what else you can do out there. Uh, Don't forget, August 19th, our selection show is happening. So uh, we are getting ready for our big fantasy draft, just like all of you are. So the 19th, we're going to have that selection show. On September 2nd is the draft. We're going to see who avery takes because it sounds like he's taking cam newton number one is what i took away from that (laughs) matt schaub number two uh so make sure you are tuned in for that we're gonna have that we're gonna have all that all over social media so uh be sure to check us out so for christopher thomas avery collins tyler brando and the whole squad at inside the hashes uh thank you for checking us out fellas you take it easy